Tonight we're going to be talking about cultivating a continual attitude of prayer. Thank you, Pastor Justin, for allowing me to do this. Folks, today is day 135. 135 since we started on January 3rd. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. For 131 days, me, Charlene, and Brother Charles, (laughs) we'd come in here every morning at 6 o'clock. And stay here till late and pray for two hours, developing a cultitude, or, or cultivating and developing a continual attitude of prayer. And I got to tell you something. It was about two or three weeks into that, as I was walking back and forth, just pacing here, just walking back and forth, just spending time with the Lord, I get right about here, and the Holy Spirit starts talking to me and tells me I need to die to self. Well, I know where that is in the Scripture. That's in John, right? So I go to the book of John, and I go to that chapter. And it talks about how a corn has to die and fall into the ground before it can actually get nourished in the hands of the ground and actually produce fruit, right? And so just a multitude of things have happened since then. I've got notes in my notes on my phone that are just miles long of the intimate time I've been having with the Lord and the things he's been telling me and the things that have been going over in my heart and the things I've been learning. And... Um, I want to encourage you to continue getting up and starting your day in the morning, early in the morning. You know, we get up and we shout, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And um, as he was speaking, this was a scripture that the Lord brought to me. I'm just going to read this to you. It's in Proverbs. And it's in the 8th chapter. And the Lord says in verse 34... Blessed is the man or the woman that hears me. Well, how do you hear the Lord? You cultivate an attitude of prayer. My sheep know my voice. If I'm on a telephone and I call you up, and this is another thing that the Lord used me as an example to try to help the kids out when I'm talking to them. If we have a relationship and I call you up on the phone, you'll recognize my voice right away. But if I haven't talked to you a year and I call you up, you're going to say, who is this, right? So you want to get to a place to where you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But he says, blessed is the man. You might as well consider yourself man being mankind, right? Blessed is the man that hears me, that watches daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. I'm yours to command, Lord. I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to start to get to know you. I'm going to get intimate with you. I'm going to get into this pattern. I'm going to set a pattern here to where I'm going to start tuning in my focus with you, getting my ears attentive to you, and I'm going to wait at the posts of your doors. And then he says in verse 35, because whoever finds me finds life, Zoe life, and will obtain favor of the Lord. And I'm encouraging you to continue this. Keep this pattern going. Don't stop. Don't stop this. Keep this going. We're living in a time where this is crucial that we develop an intimate relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. Holy Spirit, it's going to be all of you, none of me. And as the words come forth, Lord, I know you're going to do what you're designed to do. I know you're going to do what you did to me and what you do with me when I sit and I expose myself to your presence and I expose myself to your word. Revelation begins to come, Father. Revelation that will bring skill skill to be able to operate into your word. It's not enough to know our weapon. It's not enough to, to take it to a targeting range and fire it. We've got to learn how to operate with it in a combat environment, Father. And I thank you, Father, that tonight they'll see how to operate with prayer in a combat environment in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be using the Amplified today. And Pastor Justin is right. It's a wonderful uh, topic, cultivating an attitude of prayer. And I got to say, Sunday's message about being strong in the Lord was one of the best strength messages that I've heard. And uh, I just want to thank the Lord for that, because that was a powerful message. And one of the things praying in the Holy Ghost will do is it will keep you strong in the day of temptation. Uh, If you can't run when it's tough, I mean, if you can't walk when it's tough, how are you going to run? And uh, so go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And drum roll, please, if you could put it up on there. This will be our foundation scripture for tonight. Pray at all times. Some of the time? All times, right? On some occasions? 
every occasion. Okay, now this is from the Apostle Paul. I would, I thank you, Lord, for the Apostle Paul. Because this man learned how to get born again. He learned how to be filled with the Spirit and learned how to walk in it after Christ, which really excites me. On every occasion and in every season, what's that tell you? That means there's going to be some difficult times. That means there's going to be times when the devil's going to come after you. And you're going to have to develop that. You're just going to have to get into that spot where you're going to trust the Lord. You can't. And here's something I want to say when you're doing these things on all occasions. You can't go by feelings. If you go by feelings, you're, you're not going to win. I can't trust my feelings. I can't trust them. They're only designed to do what it sees in creation. It only des- it's only designed to see what's going on in front of me. I have to actually talk to my feelings. I actually, this is what I do. I talk to myself. I talk to my feelings. I talk to the situation. I have to. Because if I don't, it'll try to mold me and impress me. But we do this in every situation, right? Especially we do it in the spirit. With all manner of prayer and entreaty. Well, we've learned that there's the prayer of agreement, there's a prayer of petition, there's a prayer of faith, there's a prayer where you ask God for his will. And so there will be certain times when you'll use those. But when you want to cultivate a desire, and you want to build that desire to hear the Lord, you want to do this all the time, to pray in the Spirit. Fervent prayer of the righteous person, right? Brings power, it availeth much, right? It just opens up your ears, it just opens up your heart. My well began to open into areas I never knew it could. And I began to pray. I was praying in tongues in different languages that I had never experienced before. And um, I'm encouraging you to continue to do this. To that end, keep alert. Watch with strong purpose. So we're going to have to make a choice. We're going to have to choose ourselves to do this, right? With perseverance so we can't stop. The flesh is going to try to tell you to stop, right? It's going to tell you you're wasting your time. But believe me, somewhere in that prayer, somewhere in that praise to the Lord, somewhere in there, the voice of the Lord is going to come to you and he's going to speak to you. And um, that, that's powerful. So don't ever give up on that. And I want to say this. Interceding on behalf of the saints is important as men and women of God to start praying for one another. Do not be the voice of the devil. Do not start mouthing off about somebody else. I don't care if they offended you. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if you don't like their attitude. Are you going to be the instrument of the devil or are you going to be the instrument of the Lord? This is very serious in your love walk, okay? Seriously. So you need to start praying for somebody. So if there's somebody who's, for some reason, not in agreement with you, pray for them. Especially in the Holy Ghost. Isn't what that Paul said to Timothy? Because the devil's trying to take people captive at his will. If you, being the person in love, if you could just begin to pray in the Spirit, if you could just begin to be mature in the Lord, if you could just begin to walk in love, if you could just begin to be humble, because I guarantee you the devil's going to come after you with the same kind of an at, with the same kind of thing. And now you're going to have to. Well, measure you meet is the measure it comes back. So praying in the Holy Ghost helps you. It helps you pray for all the saints of God. Paul would get on his hands and knees and pray for everybody, all the churches, and he would rejoice for them. And I, and I say this sincerely, folks, please. This, if, if I can share anything with you out of this, praying for other people, they recover. I don't know how many people have been my enemies all of a sudden became my friends because of prayer. I'm talking about in my workplace. Prayer, 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 praying for him. There was a guy that would come at me and cuss and swear at me on purpose. He knew I was a Christian, and he purposely cussed at me. And then they assigned him to the same office I was in. And finally, one day, I just had it. I've been praying for him. So I just looked at him, the Holy Spirit, just tell him he's going to get radically saved in the name of Jesus. Sir, you are going to get radically saved in the name of Jesus. He just looked at me and started laughing, cussed even more. I wound up getting assigned to go to a next to my next base, but I come back, and he comes running up to me, almost runs me over. I'm trying to figure out what he's doing because he's coming up to the gate at the radar site there in Massachusetts and uh, Cape Cod. And uh, he gets out of the car. He says, guess what? I got born again. Now, see, I didn't know what his wife was praying for him, but this is what praying in the Spirit does, okay? So I wanted this to be our founding scripture. Um, one of the things we've learned through Dr. Savell. And it's very true that every failure you seem to have in life. Now, I'm not talking about when you're getting attacked by the devil. The enemy's going to come after you, right? So that's not a prayer failure. 
You know the enemy. He's not going to change his spots. He's not going to change who he is. That's, who, that's what he's going to do, right? That's what he's designed to do, to try to come steal, kill, and destroy, right? But when you start losing your hope and you start running away and you start giving in and then you wind up starting to go down that path and then the troubles start coming in and you've opened many doors, it's, it's a result of a prayer failure. And it, it'll just open your eyes. It really will. It'll open your eyes. So please understand, it's your responsibility to establish a pattern of prayer. If you could go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. I'll give some scriptures as we go along. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life. There it is again. So obviously, something's trying to be relayed here, okay? And one of the things that I've learned from my wife is... This girl prays all the time. I mean, she's constantly in an attitude of prayer. And um, so I've been picking up on that. <laughs> and uh, it's really been enjoy. It's really been joyful. Like the other day, not but last week, you know, the Holy Spirit tells you. You're sitting there, you're praying in the Lord, you're walking back and forth. He says, call your son and tell him this. So, so I call up my second son. He just graduated with a radiology degree. And uh, it's just been something that's been on his heart. And and this happened also like three months ago. And I said, the Lord's got something planned for you. You're doing what he's asked you to do. And you've been crying out to him. And he's going to fulfill it for you. And he said, Dad, how would you know I just asked him that but five minutes ago in prayer? I said, I didn't. I've been praying in the Holy Spirit and the Lord told me. Okay? So just another example of being steadfast in your prayer life. You'll be walking down the street. You'll be in the grocery store. You'll be doing something at work, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will come on you. I was in a meeting with a general once. I think I shared this before, Diego Garcia. General Weber was here, great man of God. Mm, Awesome man of God. You learn things when you start talking about God in front of people, and then you find out he's a a general, and he loves the Lord, him and his wife. And uh, the Lord starts talking to me in the middle of the conference. I'm sitting there with a general, and we're talking, and we're discussing things. I'm like, not now, Lord. I'm a little busy right now. Can't you? But see, I didn't know he was a Christian. And so I pushed the Holy Spirit out, and I didn't get to receive what he had to say. And it wasn't until later that night I found out he was a Christian. See, now, if I would have said something, as the Holy Spirit was leading me to do right then and there, I probably could have ministered to him on something. But I was prideful and arrogant. And so I had to ask the Holy Spirit to forgive me. But this is what the Holy Spirit does. He'll begin to tell you to begin to start praying for people. All comes from just having an attitude of prayer. And you're doing all that. Okay. I'd like for you, let's see. I'd like for you now to go to Jeremiah 33.3. Here's something else that prayer does. Folks, we got faith and we can pray. And I got to tell you something. When you're in a situation in life where it seems impossible, and you're in a situation in life, and nobody's got the answer, we can pray, and we got faith. And the world don't have that, but we do. And if you want an example, just look at Daniel. Okay, call unto me, and I will answer. That word in the Hebrew is, I will respond. He's covenant obligated to respond to you. He wants to respond to you, and he's telling you, I, am, I have made a covenant with you. I'm covenant obligated to respond to you. So when you come to me and you call to me, I will answer. That's his promise right there. I will answer you. I, I read these scriptures and, and rehearse them back in front of the Lord. Lord, I know you hear me. Isn't that what John said in 1 John 5, 4? If I have confidence that I know the Lord hears me, I know he's going to hear my petition, right? I can bring it before him because I know he'll hear me, Right? He says, I'll show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. You can't distinguish and even recognize. How can you, especially when you're in a difficult situation? How are you going to know, right? He says, I'll show you. I'll show you the knowledge. I'll give you the understanding. I'll show it to you. Oh, my goodness. If that doesn't alone excite you right there. I mean, it, it does me when I see that. And I tell you what, sometimes the answers are so simple, you think you might even come before the Lord and say, you want me to do what? But just do it, because the doors will open and things will happen. If he tells you to go down the end of the street and start selling tacos, do it. Because believe me, two weeks later, somebody's going to come by and offer you a job. And I mean, and the Lord's going to put it on that business guy to stop at your taco stand. I mean, these things happen all the time in the body of Christ. It gives us an advantage. Now, here's something that... Um, you can write down. 
When we communicate with God, when we communicate with God, it gives him the opportunity to convey and impart. So it gives him the opportunity to convey and impart vital information. Vital information to us. It gives us the advantage. He will show us the hidden things. If there's two things tonight that I want you to get, the first one would be, it'll build your intimate relationship with the Lord. You'll get so intimate with the Lord, you'll start to sing with Him. Oh my goodness, you'll start singing to the Lord songs. Oh my goodness, you'll sing songs to Him. You'll start singing love songs to Him. You'll get intimate with Him. And at some point, you'll develop this attitude to where you want to spend no more time with anything else but Him. And that's where we need to get. And then the second thing is, is it teaches us how to hear things from God, how to hear from the Lord, so that He can show us things to come. So four things. The first thing is, is we've got to learn to listen. Now, being in the military, they taught us how to listen, didn't they, brother? <laughs> didn't they, brother Phil, Pastor Phil? <laughs> oh, my goodness. For all the other people that have been in the military here, they will teach you how to hear. You will stand at attention, and you will wait for the command. And uh, if there's anything you've learned in the military, you can have a spot-on conversation, and all of a sudden you'll hear somebody say, Attention! And I mean it. You will snap to attention. And, of course, sergeants always love to do this. They would say, right, and then everybody anticipate what the next command was going to be. Okay, I'm going to go to the right. Hey! And you just turn right to that. And, I mean, you'd practice this over and over again. The drill sergeant was getting the pattern down so that you would not only recognize his voice, because you'd hear it constantly, but you would obey his command the second that you heard it. And he was training you to hear his ear. And it, which is crucial in the battle time. Because in the battle time, he doesn't have time, to, a lot of times, to explain what's going on. He's got to say what he's got to say, and he's got to say it now. And so you have to, as an individual, be able to hear it quickly and be able to respond to it with trust, knowing that he's telling you what, what's supposed to be done. So um, if you can cultivate a listening heart, and it comes just for spending time alone with the Lord, if you can do that, when the pressures of life comes, go to Psalms 46.10, if you could please. Psalms 46.10. God bless this one lady. She was trying to minister one time, and the Holy Ghost, I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord, okay? And when Jesus comes, he's going to put it all straight for everybody. And then that'll, that'll end all the discussions that go on between praying in tongues and stuff like that. But... Um, we had this guy come in. He was one of the merchants that came off the merchant ship at Diego Garcia. And he's full of the Holy Ghost. We, we called him Grandpa Greg because he was an older guy in his 60s. And we're all younger than him. And so he was an ordained minister. He used to be a missionary. But, but he was working with, um, with, the, with the ships that would bring in all the weapons for the war in Afghanistan. So they'd put him there in the lagoon in Diego Garcia. Well, he'd come in on Sunday service. Well, he walked around and started praying in the Holy Ghost that people would get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, one of the sergeants that was there on the island with us in the army, he got born. He got filled with the Holy Ghost one day. We're just sitting there, and he gets up, and he starts running around. I mean, he just starts running around this church sanctuary. Now, the minister that was there, I won't name the denomination, wasn't used to that. To them, you don't do that. To them, you're quiet and you're humble in church. And the word that came out of the mouth was, be still and know that I am the Lord. That guy wasn't, that, well, that's not what that scripture means right here. It means, let be and be still and recognize and understand that I am God. When you're in that situation, at some point, and Paul said this in Philippians 4. Oh man, that scripture. Oh, when Paul wrote that, I, I love that scripture when he starts. It says, let your moderation be known to all men. God's, a, God's available. He's at hand. doesn't matter what situation it is. God is here. He's with us. You know, so be anxious for nothing. Somewhere in that praise, folks, it'll go beyond all your understanding. Because your mind's going to bombard you, right? Because it's going to try to communicate with you telling you how bad the situation is. 
It wasn't designed to understand it. You got to talk to it. You got to talk to your brain. You got to talk to your mind, right? So you got to fill it with the Word of God and train it to recognize. Because it says in Hebrews, you can do it. You can train yourself to respond spiritually in Hebrews chapter 5. So be still and know that I am the Lord. Somewhere in that praise, somewhere in that prayer time, somewhere in your confession, and as you're praying to the Lord, okay, and as you begin to enter into the Holy Ghost, okay, somewhere in there, okay. However long it's going to take, but stick with it. Persevere, right? Somewhere in there, you're going to be still and know that he's the Lord. And now you've released it over into his hands. Once you release it over into his hands, don't take it back. Be humble. And that's what I believe what Peter meant when he said, be humble when you come before the presence of the Lord. And then, you know, Ecclesiastes is talking about when you're in the presence of the king, the word of the king is powerful. And when the word of the king is spoken, who's going to tell the king that what he just spoke isn't going to come to pass? Okay, so release it, release it, and be still and know that he's the Lord. Once you do that, Job twenty two twenty eight. oh my, when you decree a thing, see the Lord's already decreed it, right? It's in his word, it's already been spoken in the name of Jesus, it's already been decreed in the name of Jesus, it's been decreed out of the mouth of the Father, it's been decreed out of the mouth of Jesus, the courtrooms in heaven have heard it in the name of Jesus, they've heard it spoken, it's been spoken in the heavens, it's established in the heavens, so we need to decree it on the earth in the name of Jesus. We need to be still and know that he's God. We need to understand that and get to the place where we're qualified to speak. I love it when Brother Copeland said that. Qualified to speak. That's when you're still. That's when you know that God is God and he is who he says he is. Now speak it and give it over. Speak it in the name of Jesus. Decree it because it will be established. What's established in the heavens is established on earth. What you loose in the heaven is loosed on the earth. And once you release it in the name of Jesus... I don't care what it seems like. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care what your body feels like. I don't care what the pain tries to say because pain is a voice. I don't care what the situation is because torment is a voice. I don't care what those words say. I'm decreeing it in the name of Jesus. I've gotten myself to the place to where I can release it in the name of Jesus. And I release it. And I don't fuss around when I say it either. When I say it, I mean it in Jesus' name. Because it's not me, it's the God that's in me. It's the Father that's in me. Jesus says, you abide in me and my words abide in you. You'll speak. You'll speak it at the direction of the Holy Spirit. The Lord leading you and guiding you with your words. Your mouth becomes an instrument. Your tongue becomes a weapon. And you speak it in the name of Jesus. And it says it will be established in the earth. And then the light of the Lord comes in. And the Holy Spirit begins to guide you and tell you what to do. And that's powerful in the name of Jesus. That's what happens when you're still. That's what happens when you realize who God is, who he says he is. And you begin to praise him and you know it. Amen in the name of Jesus. And I'm just going to talk about Philippians 4, because this is what I do when I ride out with the police. This is the first thing I tell people when they get there. First, I get wait till they're, right, till they're in a spot where I can talk to them, right? Because sometimes you can't even talk to somebody because of the, 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 the situation that they're in. But I always read that scripture. Folks, this is what the Lord says. God's at hand. Let my moderation be known to all men. Hey, God's available. God's here. Okay, he's here. I'm a representative of the Lord. I'm a minister of the gospel. I don't know anything about police. I don't know anything about the law. But I can pray with you. And the Lord will give me favor. I mean, that's what I tell them. And uh, so I say, we're going to let the Lord know. We're going to be humble. We're going to release this over to the Lord. So first I got to do is I got to remove the fear. You got to get the fear out of there before you can even talk to them. But once you can get them in a place where they'll start listening, ah, the fear is gone. Now I can bring in the peace of the Lord. So I start praying for the peace of the Lord to come over them. Ah, now the peace is on them. Now they can listen. Now they're in a a, a position to where I want them to release their faith. I got to get to them to a place to where they can release their faith. If I can't get them to release their faith, then I'm wasting my time. So first I got to get the fear out. Then I've got to get the peace of the Lord on them. And when that happens, I can tell them now, don't be anxious. Don't get worried. The Lord's at hand. If you come before the Lord and you supplicate, if you come before the Lord and you pray, if you come before the Lord with petitions, and I'll help you bring a petition before the Lord, he'll hear us, and the peace of God will come on you, and it'll be released. And the Lord will begin to work with the situation. 
And if I can get them in that spot, now I can tell them, now you, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are the promises of God, whatsoever these things are, those are the things you can think on now. Those are the things you can speak now because that's how the power of the Lord works. And it comes to pass. That's why I like this so much. So if you can take a second or two in a situation, a second or two when you get the news, okay, you're not going to surprise the Lord. He already knows this is coming. And you're not going to surprise the devil because he's already cooked the thing up, right? So you're the one that's just getting the news for the first time, right? So what you got to do is take that second. I'm not qualified to speak right now. I just need to be alone. And if you got to, just go find a place to get alone with the Lord. Just get alone with him. Just get alone with him. And don't even say anything until you're ready to speak, right? I mean, this is what happens. When you spend time with the Lord and just listen. Sometimes i got to cool down. Sometimes I have to uh, get a grasp of what's going on. Now, when I read Abraham talked with God, oh my goodness. When I read that in Genesis, and he's talking about to the Lord with Sodom and Gomorrah. That just, if you only knew what that did to me. Somebody's talking to God. And he's listening, right? So... I get in that position because I know the Lord's going to hear me. He's going to talk to me. So number two is fellowship. You've got to have constant fellowship with the Lord. This is the creator of heaven and earth we're talking about. <laughs> it's 100,700 light year miles to go from one end of the Milky Way to the other way. I was talking with Deborah, telling her how big the universe is and how big our galaxy is. It's Andromeda that's like 220 million light year miles from one end to the other. There's a hundred some billion galaxies, you know, out there. I mean, come on, this is the God we serve, right? So if we went at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second, and we started at the end of the galaxy in the Milky Way, and we went at that speed, going to the other end, it'd take 100,700 years just to cross our galaxy. So this is the Lord we serve. Another thing I like to do is, like, look at your fingers. You know, there's like 7 to 8 billion people that have lived on the earth. That's what science has said, right? And just about everyone has 10 fingers. You know that each fingerprint on here is different on your 10 fingers, and nobody has the same fingerprint as you? Nobody. And the odds of that happening are take the number one and put 21 zeros after it or something like that. That's the odds of you having a fingerprint that's the same as somebody else or close to that. That's the God we serve. So I just want to encourage you on that. So fellowship with him. You are, he is in so much love with you. Always oh, in love with you. So train yourself. Make it a point in your day. Cultivate that attitude of prayer. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I just like to give you a scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says up here, For my determined purpose... So there's a purpose here, right? Daniel purposed in his heart when he was taken captive for 70 years in the land of Babylon. Boy, that must have been an exciting time for him, right? To go into a racist nation that doesn't want to do anything with Jews. You're working in the king's court that would rather listen to his astrologers and all his, all his smart people. He had to call Daniel afterward for his dream. You determine your purpose is that I will know him. That's an intimate word, that I will know him. And that I may pro progressively become more deep and intimate with him and acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, so that I may in the same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share it. Oh, man, share his. So look at it like this. You get so intimate with the Lord that you don't want to do anything else. Hallelujah. You know the Lord's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. I'm just going to sit here for a second with the Holy Spirit on that. He's not a respecter of persons. You know, Gideon, Gideon's up there threshing wheat in a wine press because the Midianites are going to come steal all their grain. 
And he's living in a cave. He's a caveman living up in a cave in the hills. That's how bad it was. And the Lord comes to him and says, hey, mighty man of God. And he's grumbling. You know he's grumbling because he grumbled the same thing back to the angel of the Lord. Yeah, right. Some prophet comes and tells us everything's going to be all right. The Midianites, the Amalekites, all the ites of the east have come over here. Every year they steal, they plunder, they kill. You know, they take all our stuff. I'm up here in the wine press hiding wheat. You know, and you're telling me I'm a mighty man of God. Yeah, right. Where's the Lord? Where's the God of heaven? You know, he's just mumbling away. And, and, and then the angel of the Lord says, the Lord speaks through the angel and says, I'll, I'll be with you. And uh, he says, yeah, I'm from Manasseh. I'm from that tribe, you know, Manasseh. And my family is the poorest family of Manasseh. I'm a nobody from the family. And then the angel of the Lord, the Lord has him speak again and tells him, hey, you're going to be able to knock these guys out just like you would one man. And so he goes and makes a sacrifice. The angel touches it, poof, goes up with the sacrifice. He's like, whoa. And uh, all of a sudden, the voice of the Lord comes to him. And he starts hearing the voice of the Lord. And he calls calls it Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. I'll be with you. All it takes is a little attitude adjustment. That's it. That's all it takes. And the Lord will use you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Praise. Number three is praise. Psalms 100, verse 4. Pastor Phil talked about this when he opened up last Wednesday. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and a thank offering into his courts with praise. Be thankful at all times and say so to him and bless and effectually praise his name. And the best example I would like to give you of this is Paul and Silas. Oh, my. (laughs) Beaten, whipped, thrown into prison, down in the sewer, Chalked up against the walls, stinky, smelly, you know, no light, nothing, you know. And they just start singing and praising God. Oh, don't you know, the prisoners thought they were nuts. But they just turned that whole atmosphere. So we understand we don't praise God for the situation, right? Which I've seen some Christians do. No, we just praise him during those situations. Boy, it'll drive the devil nuts, right? When you're praising the Lord in the situation, this guy's stupid. Doesn't he know what's going on or this gal's stupid? But you start praising the Lord. He starts coming in. And then the doors will open. And then everybody will hear you, right? And then the Holy Spirit start moving. Positive attitude. It keeps your line of communication open. This is something I have been working on. Okay? I've been working on this. I always have to enter into his praise. I have to. Joy is, is a strength that I have been working on, and it's something that I've done a lot of times by faith. But, you know, I just love the Lord, and he's been with me. He's been with, he's been with us so many times. He's done, he has been with us so many times. All the things we experience together, all the things we share together with the Lord. You know, and it's been the joy of the Lord that's pulled us out of it and done all these things. We just praise the Lord. That positive attitude to do it. So you be grateful. Always grateful to the Lord. How many times do I get up in the morning when I'm at home and I thank the Lord for where I'm at? For a roof over my shoulder, food in my belly, right? Clothes on my back, you know, and, and breathing and living. You know, I just thank Him every morning for that. Constant. Because if you get into that positive attitude of praise, you'll, praise, you'll begin to expect God to move. And that, I think that's the best thing you can get out of it. You'll get yourself to where you'll expect God to move. So thank God always in all situations. And that's what Paul said, because in Philippians chapter 4, when you get there in the 10th verse, he, he talks about, you know, one of the things you do after you supplicate is you thanksgiving, right? So you're always praising. And then number four, you're praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit will unveil mysteries. That's why we do this, because God himself intercedes for you and through you. Go to Romans chapter 8. Now, my wife and I got... We, we actually went all the way to Czechoslovakia. Charlene's praying one day, and she hears, we're supposed to go to Czechoslovakia, to Prague. I didn't know this, but we learned when we got there, because it was one of those FCF conferences, that Prague means new beginnings. So we're there. I learned that from Brother Gareth Jenkins and uh, him and Tracy. So we were there, and sure enough, man, the Lord visits us there. Well, there just happens to be a man by the name of Pastor Marion Rasick that's there. And the Holy Spirit said, he's going to invite you over to his church. So I'm, we're sitting down. I go in to go to the restroom. I come out. 
He already told Charlene, I want you guys to come minister at church. Well, when we were there, we got to minister on that Polish radio station, that Christian radio station in Poland. And that guy, go ahead and go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to verse 26. Is it 26, 27? And we're talking about praying in the Holy Spirit. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to your aid. He bears you up in your weakness. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, do I need to pray in the Holy Ghost because there's a lot of things I need the Lord to do. For we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it. And that was one of the things that I shared on that radio station. That's the purpose of getting baptized in the Holy Spirit is right there. He'll tell you what you ought to say. The Holy Spirit himself will not only goes to meet your supplication and he pleads in your behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. He begins to pray through you. Oh, man, when I read that scripture, you... Hey, it didn't take my lightning fast mind to figure out that if I pray in the Holy Ghost, this is going to work in the name of Jesus. So this is why it's so important to pray in the Spirit. Thank God we're not limited to praying alone, just in our own language. (laughs) We can pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my goodness. I will not stop praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of it. After I read that scripture there, and then you read in, in Corinthians where Paul talks about all the things the Holy Spirit can do when you're praying in the Holy Ghost... Mm. Praying in the Spirit causes your spirit to become alert and sensitive to God. It enables you to know what to do in every situation. Now, one of the things I want to do is I want to share testimony with the Holy Spirit. When I was in Virginia, I worked a lot with the youth. I helped the pastor at youth, so I was an assistant youth pastor when we were in Virginia. And there was a lot of times I would help him. Two kids arguing, brother and sister fighting with each other, okay? Pray in the Holy Ghost, okay? Get them, set them aside. What's going on? So I begin to just pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Start talking to the one guy. Holy Spirit reveals to me. There's all these pressures coming on him, right? And that's why he's reacting the way he's reacting. Isn't that nice? You see somebody who's in a rowdy, bad attitude. So instead of getting rowdy back at him, you're just praying the Holy Ghost. What's going on? Lord, he's got this going on in his mind. So I talk to him. You got this going on in your mind, don't you? Yes. How'd you know? The Holy Spirit told me. And so we begin to pray. He releases it. Peace of God comes over him. Now I call his sister in, right? Explain it to her why he's acting the way he's acting to her, right? So he apologizes to her now. Now he's got the love of the Lord on the inside of him, right? She begins to talk back. Now they're praying for each other, see? I mean, these are things that you do with the Holy Spirit when you're in situations, okay? There's another thing that the Lord wanted me to share. I'm at Diego Garcia. At that time, I'm a major. I get called to go to a meeting in Colorado. So I get Charlene to fly out there because it's been about three months. I want to see Charlene. Well, a hurricane comes. Tropical Cyclone Bento, B-E-N-T-O. I know all about Bento because I stood on the beach doing what Jesus did to the storm, speaking to it. That thing came to the island and stopped about 50 miles off the island and just stayed there for like two days. And then it just kind of moved around, went right around the island and back up, and then just went that way. And so now my three-day trip that I was going to have and the conference, and then the next couple days I was going to spend with Charlene has been dwindled down to one day. So I fly out. You know, they finally open the airplane port, and I get to fly out. Now, this is all praying in the Spirit. I'm praying in the Spirit every night. I'm, I've already spoke against the storm. I believe I'm going to get to go there. So what happens when I land in Colorado in Denver? There's a snowstorm, a blizzard. <laughs> I got to fly to Colorado Springs. I'm thinking they're going to cancel the flight. Good, I can just go see... Charlene, no. So I'm praying in the Spirit. They fly down. I don't know how the pilot did. He's only flying about three or 400 feet above the ground. You can see the highway right there with the cars going by. And uh, he lands. And so now I have to drive back up. That was the snowball. Well, the Raiders played uh, Denver that night on Monday night football. <laughs> and I could see those fans standing up there freezing in that four feet of snow. But anyway, I, I say all this because I was praying in the Spirit, Okay. And I got there. So I got to spend some time with Charlene, even though it was only about 8 to 10 hours. And then get up the next morning and drive back down. I fly back. As I'm there at the conference, I get a phone call. The wires, it's been 40 years. 
the wires that go to the geodes, it's a, it's a, they're electro-optical deep space telescopes. So we looked at geosynchronous objects in orbit. And so we would get data on that, and we would send it to the Space Surveillance Network in Cheyenne Mountain. And um, I get a call from the head contractor, Major LeMay. We just had our lines blow. So we have no power. We're not, we're not producing power. We're not doing our mission. We're red. Great. Okay. So hurricane, snowstorm, now the power blows off, right? So you begin praying in the spirit. Fly back, okay? Well, God bless the Navy. I'm an Air Force guy. Did a couple years in the Army. But we're on a Navy-run island, and they just could not acquire the cords, you know, the electrical cords to get over. So I talk with our colonel, and Colonel Jurek, and she's able to um, get out of uh, one of the air bases there in, in Massachusetts. They, they were flying C-141s, and they were able to fly out some uh, wires. And so they were able to get that out there. So we had this old Vietnam diesel that they cranked up, and it's running all three of those telescopes. That little guy was the engine that wouldn't quit. You talk about laying hands on something and praying over that thing. And uh, that thing worked the whole time until they finally got those wires out there to fix. But that was, that was prayer petition, prayer of agreement, prayer of faith, you know, and praying in the Holy Ghost, you know. But the Lord came through with that. Then I get orders to go to North Dakota to, to code missiles. I don't want to do that. So I pray in the Holy Spirit, talk to the colonel, and um, I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost for that. And um, that's when I got a call. Do you know Colonel Wilson? Three days later, Colonel Wilson sees my name, sees the job. Do you want to go to England? What was interesting is that the pastor, Pastor Steve Johnson, had sent a book to me saying that you're going to go to the nations. And he said, and I believe Israel is going to be one of them. So he sent me that note, and I got it the same time. So here I get this note from my pastor telling me that I'm going to go to the nations. And uh, Diego Garcia was just the beginning. And the uh, Lord's going to open doors for you, and Israel is going to be one of them. And then two days later... I get orders to go to England, and I'm working with the Royal Air Force as an exchange officer at their strike command at their headquarters. And uh, going to their, going to Whitehall in London, going to their Pentagon in London, and just doing all kinds of fun things with them. And so all this was prayer. Then we go to come back. And the house that we reserved at the Pentagon, the guy, the Holy Spirit, as I'm in prayer, tells me to call the guy. And I call him up, and he says, I'm glad you just called because I just gave the house we were going to let you stay in to somebody else. Oh, thank you. It's two days before we're supposed to fly out, and this guy gives away the house. Thank you, Lord, for telling me to call. That, that really made me excited about that. But when we got there, we had an uncle that lived there. Got an, we, I had an aunt who worked with the IRS, an uncle that worked with the Defense Department. And um, so they invited us over, so we stayed there for a week. We'll come find out she's a real estate agent. And so we're praying in the Holy Ghost, and that's how they led us to that house on Arnold Palmer's 55-plus retirement. That was awesome. It was a golf course, and we got a beautiful house to stay in. Oh, that was awesome. And we got it for like six or $700 less than everyone else had to pay. So we made money out of that, and the Lord was blessing us. I mean, all this came from prayer. But, uh, but the final thing I'd like to say about prayer. This, it, do you know it's been 10 years to the day? 10 years to the day. It was this time 10 years ago that I missed the Wednesday night service. So Lord forgive me because I had to stay home. But I got summoned with a court appearance. Okay? And I'm going to say this wisely, but I got summoned. I had left the Air Force, retired from the Air Force because the Lord had called me into the ministry. And um, I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I came here, and it wasn't but... Two months that I was here, I got served with court papers. And I had to prove everything that I said. And so I got favor. I was allowed to do it by telephone. So they had set up the court. And this is all about money, folks, because I was making some good money. And now I'm leaving the world. I'm leaving my job at the Holy Spirit. I'm coming here to go into ministry to learn how to be a minister because the Holy Spirit told us to go come here. So we came here. And that was a result of prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. And, of course, I, Terry Savell said, if you only had one month to live, 
this was when she was doing that minister's conference here. And she said, and this is the month of November, and you've only got this month, and you haven't done what the Lord's called you to do. What would you do? Well, we went back, we prayed, and a week later, we were here. <laughs> and so that was that quick. And uh, we've just been happy ever since. But anyways, now I'm being served with this. The bottom line is, if this thing goes against me, I would not be able to go into ministry. I would have to find a job of equal compensation, equal salary, which means I would not be able to go into the ministry. And so I proved everything and sent all that paperwork in. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, because I proved my case. And yet, the magistrate decides to extend it another two months to allow the other person the opportunity to build a stronger case against me. Now, I did not agree with that, right? I came before the Lord. Lord, I've done everything right. I've done everything legal. And yet, here I am now, and this magistrate is giving this individual an opportunity to build an even stronger case against me. Because, And that lawyer torpedoed me. Oh, my goodness, did that prosecutor torpedo me. And um, I, it just got to the point where I just didn't say anything anymore. I was done answering the questions. And uh, I had proved my point. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And folks, let me tell you something. You talk about praying out in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, prayer petition. You know, prayers of agreement with Pastor Justin, prayers of agreement with my wife, prayers of faith, prayers of petition, praying in the Holy Ghost, right? And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost told me to stay home that Wednesday night. And so I stayed home. And as I'm talking to you, I'm in prayer, intimate with the Lord. The voice of the Lord speaks to me and tells me, this is the word you need to look up. Voluntarily under employment and volunteer, uh, um, it was volunteer unemployment and volunteer something else employment. And so I looked those words up and right away there it was. The state law of Ohio says this, even though you make X amount of dollars and you decide to go do something else, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, right? The state of Ohio can still make you pay as if you were still doing that job, making that much money. Uh, I didn't realize that, but this judge knew that. So I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And this was my petition from the Lord. I'm not a lawyer, but the Lord was able to show me how to write out an application for a, for a legal case. And he actually took me to a legal case that involved a 501C that was being sued by the government because they wanted to do what they were allowed to do, according to the scriptures. And so I followed all the things they did. That's why I learned a lot of stuff. And so I spent hours making this petition. Now, when the judge read this, the response from the judge was, well, I'm not keeping you from your right from being a minister, right? I'm just going to tell you what you can or can't pay, right? And, uh, but this released something in the heavens. And so the bottom line was, is I wound up winning that case from the Lord. Now, here's the thing when you deal with a lawyer, right? The first thing they tell you is you got to put 3000 or $5,000 down. That's the first thing you got to do before they'll even talk to you anymore. I had paid enough in lawyer costs, enough in lawyer fees. And, uh, but you got to hear from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost got on me one time because he says, I don't want you to think you're some hot shot lawyer because, <laughs> because I, I did this case and I told you what to do. <laughs> and so I, so I forgave myself. I asked the Lord to forgive me and got forgiven. And, um, but the reason why I want to say this is, is this, there are times when it's going to look like you're up against the wall. There are times when you're going to feel like on the inside of you, there's nothing left. You've given everything. And there's going to be times where there's situations where it's going to look impossible, right? But it's that intimate relationship that you've established with the Lord and that in your prayer that you can be still and know that he is. So you learn to listen. You develop a cultitude. A cultitude. You cultivate. <laughs> That's a new word, cultitude. You develop an attitude of prayer. And you get into that relationship with the Lord so that you're so in tune that when things happen, you've learned to listen. And then you begin to, after you've learned to, to listen, to get intimate in that fellowship with him. And then you begin to learn to praise him. And then you just wind up being able to release yourself over.
to him. All in those scriptures. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, there are individuals here that might be facing words from a doctor, words from law, whatever it is, in their workplaces, any things of that nature. But, Lord, we can pray in the name of Jesus. And you're with us, Holy Spirit. You are with us. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, you will give us the words to speak. You will give us the peace that will pass all our understanding. We'll be able to rest in you and we'll speak your words in Jesus' name. Amen. One other thing I got to share. I told the Holy Spirit I'd do this. This girl right here. Let me tell you what intimate prayer does. That wedding dress. The Lord reminded me of that today. The Lord told her she was going to get the wedding dress that she wanted and you were only going to have to pay how much? $99. How much? It's only going to be $99. You got to hear this. $99. The dress she wanted, how much was that dress that you finally found? It was over $1,000. Okay. Now, I had gotten fed up with this. She said she heard from the Lord. I'm driving all over Cape Cod. <laughs> and um, she says, I heard from the Lord. I'm going to get my dress for $99. <laughs> and so we finally went to the last place. And I looked at her and I said, where are we going to get a dress for $99? We're seven days out from the wedding. And still, we don't have the wedding dress. She would not give in. She walks into that wedding store and comes out with a beautiful thousand, over $1,000 wedding dress. And she's got it in her hand. She's got the biggest smile on her face. And I asked her, this is prayer, folks. This is what prayer does, intimate relationship with the Lord. I said, how much did you pay? She goes, $99. Oh, my goodness. The Lord said this. I heard his voice. Gotcha. And I was just like. So, husbands, if, if your wife is telling you, believe it. But, there, but the story was so beautiful. Would you like to hear how? Oh, come on. Come on. We got to tell them how it happened. They were going to have a, they decided they were going to have a sale, but they were going to do it the, the following week. So they told her, the girl told her, well, just say when you go to ring up that um, you heard about the sale. Oh, how, I got to say this right. She wanted me to compromise. And I said, no, I said, I won't lie. I said, I heard about the sale some other time. I heard, okay. <laughs> the lady wanted me to compromise and said, I heard about the sale. I didn't hear about a sale. And so I said, I couldn't do that. So she said, well, I have to go talk to the, our manager. And so then they gave me the price. Yeah. Is, is that something or what? They didn't know she had heard that from the Lord. But, but, but see, I, I just want to encourage you on that. On that. What's that? They were going to have a sale, but for some reason, somehow I got that price. It, yeah. They, they just it kept. Yeah, at first they were offering it for one price, but then they just, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think they knocked it down again until it got down to that, that price. But I just want to encourage you that this is, this is what prayer does. Amen. Intimate relationship with the Lord. Just trust in them and follow them. So, amen.